Euzu billahi mineşşeytanirracim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi rabbil alamin. Vessalatu vesselamu ala seyyidina Muhammedin ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecmaîn. Allahumme allimna ma yanfa'una ve anfa'ana bima 'allamtana ve zidna ilmen nafi'ah. Allahumme erinel hakka hakkan varzukna ittiba'ah. Ve erinel batıla batılan varzukna ictinabe. Rabbi şrahli sadri ve yessirli emri ve hlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Assalamu alaykum ve rahmetullahi ve berekatuh. Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bedüzzaman Said Nursi podcast series. This is Mustafa Tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you get your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org. A rough translation of the text we will be reflecting upon today will be posted at this website too, inshallah. You can go to the website, then podcasts, then the words, then the 18th word. Um, we did not finish the 17th word yet, but when I looked at what's left at the end and tried to uh, work on it, I noticed that I'm not going to be able to do justice to it. It's um, it's partly Arabic in Arabic and I need to translate it with uh, a bit more care. And then uh, there's a part that is uh, very poetic and I didn't feel like I could do it at this time. Inshallah, at some point in the future, I'll um, I'll take it take a look at it again and give it a try. Uh, there is a, tr a translation that exists already by uh, Shukran Wahide. I might use that too, but I felt like I needed to move to the 18th word. So, inshallah, we will move to the 18th word now and hopefully, inshallah, we will come back to the 17th at some point to, to finish what is left in there. So, Bismillah, 18. söz, 18th word. Bu sözün iki makamı var. İkinci makamı daha yazılmamıştır. Birinci makamı üç noktadır. This word has two stations. The second station has not been written yet. The first station is three points. Uh, this is how we start Nursi wrote. It looks like there was a very well um, categorized, systematized uh, corpus of knowledge in his mind, um, which probably happened as he was writing his smaller treatises, Notes to Self, in the uh, in the aftermath of World War One. Uh, the some of those treatises became the Mathnavi Nuri, the luminous Mathnavi in Arabic, and and he probably came up with that, that system of corpus of knowledge, and he was putting it out as uh, as people around him asked for questions and as he thought, yeah, this is the relevant point here, let me um, give this lesson. Uh, it is also related to some of the subtle indications in the in, in some of the poetry of Ali radiallahu an and Abdul Qadir Jilani radiallahu an rahmatullahi alayhi. Some of the issues mentioned in Ali radiallahu anhu's Jaljalutiya, for instance, corresponds very closely to the outline of the Risale Inur. So, Ustad Nursi had this sorted out in his mind, and we can see to the extent that he put it out in the Risale Inur. But it was not haphazard; it was not random. That this the eighteenth word comes after the seventeenth word, or the fifth word comes after the fourth word, or uh, you know something goes into the the book Lamalar uh, flashes, and another goes into the Mektubat um, letters. These were not random. It was pretty well systematized in his mind. Mashallah. And also, um, it's a it's a nice congruence, I guess, that this is very similar to the. Uh, Nuzul, revelation of the Qur'an. It did not come as a single book. It came in pieces. But then 
the Prophet وسلم, was instructed as to where each piece, each verse goes. So there is a similar situation with the Risale e Nur. Uh, somebody comes to Ustad Nursi, asks a question or writes a letter and asks a question in the letter or something happens and Ustad Nursi wants to intervene in the uh, matter, say among his students in order to sort things out and he writes a letter, he writes a treatise uh, but at the same time what is put in the treatise has a place in his uh, in, in, in, the, in the systematized outline of that corpus that's in his mind mashallah anyway let's move on uh, as Ustad said there are three points we are going to try reading the first point uh, we should read this read listen um, process this very attentively and certainly with an intention to take heed it should not be something that we just listen and move on this is supposed to be understood in a way that will be transformative for our selves for our souls it is a lesson to the lower soul it is a lesson that uh, should teach us how we are supposed to treat our lower soul. Let's move on. Bismillah. First of all, this uh, piece, this point is inspired by the following verse. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. La tahsabanna alladhina yafrahuna bima ataw wa yuhibbuna an yuhmadu bima lam yaf'alu. فَلَا تَحْزَبَنَّهُمْ بِمَفَازَةٍ مِّنَ الْعَذَابِ وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ In the name of God, the merciful, the mercy giver. Do not think that those who exalt in what they have done and seek praise for things they have not done will escape the torment. Agonizing torment awaits them. This is uh, chapter 3. Verse 188. A slap of chastisement to my evil commanding soul. So this is the point. It's a slap of chastisement to my evil commanding soul, Ustad Nursi writes. But we don't read this as if it is a slap of chastisement to Ustad Nursi's evil commanding soul. No, we read it, we listen to it, we try to understand it as if it is a slap of chastisement to our own evil commanding soul mustafa reads this as being addressed to his lower soul whoever is out there listening to this you listen to this being addressed to your evil commanding soul your evil commanding soul will try to object to the content you should find yourself in a struggle if you truly understand truly understand the meaning you should find yourself in a struggle with your evil commanding soul and you have the necessary ammunition to defeat it you have the necessary weaponry to defeat it in this uh, in this uh, passage inshallah that we are going to be reading a fahram eftun Shahrete mubtala, medhedushkun, hodbinlikta bihamta, sarsam nefsim. O my adult brained lower soul, which is infatuated with boasting, addicted to fame, given to praise, and matchless in self centeredness. Are these in us? To some extent, to some degree, it will be in each and every one of us. Oh, my adult-brained lower soul, adult-brained, can't see the future. Prefers a prefers a gram of, an ounce of present imminent pleasure over the tons of pleasures of the hereafter cannot make calculations on a um, 
on a rational basis. Too instinctive. Too compulsive. Monkey sees, monkey wants. It cannot see the bigger picture. It just wants and wants and wants. I need it. I need it because I need it to tell me that my body needs nutrition. I need it to tell me that I need to put a jacket, otherwise this body is not going to be able to bear the, the cold. So I need it for all these things to survive in this world. But beyond that, it only thinks about the cold. It only thinks about the food. When I'm fasting, it does not process that I'm fasting. It just says, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, food, give me food, give me food. I need to use my intellect and my other faculties to, to put it in its place. To um, slow it down. Otherwise, it will take over. But I know that it's adult-brained. I don't want it to take over. I don't want it to, to I don't want it on the driver's seat. You don't want a, um, a two-year-old toddler on the driver's seat. It's illegal. <laughs> and you don't want it, whether it is legal or not. You don't want it. Oh, my adult brain lowers soul, which is infatuated with boasting. Publicly or privately, but it likes boasting. It likes to be praised. It's addicted to fame. It wants to be known, given to praise, and matchless in self-centeredness. It does not process what's going on in the same way for itself and for others. They have done an experiment. Um, and, and our adult brain lower souls are not different later on, but they, the experiment was done with kids and it is more telling in a sense because there is less inhibition. To, um, to expose the real face of the adult brain lower soul. They asked uh, small kids, let's say they are three years old, what toy they think they might want to play when they are, say, 10 years old. And they, it turns out, are able to process this. The two-year-olds can't do it, but it may be three, it may be four. But let's say four-year-olds are able to process that a 10-year-old has different preferences than a 4-year-old. So they know what a 10-year-old will want. They know what they want at the given time now, right? So when they're asked if uh, what their uh, friend, say Muhammad, okay? So this, this child is Mustafa, and we are going to ask Mustafa about Muhammad. What Muhammad might want when Muhammad is 10 years old and Mustafa gives a, an answer, a response that is fairly um, accurate. When Mustafa is 10 years old, Mustafa is going to want, let's say, this book instead of that toy. That's going to be appropriate for Mustafa, uh, for, for Muhammad at, at age 10. And they say, they ask then, what, would, what will you want when you are 10 years old? Now Mustafa has some conflict going on. When he's 10 years old, he pro he knows that he's going to want that book. But he doesn't want to give up that toy that he has. So he thinks, and he's now more likely to say, I, I will want this toy that I'm playing now. He's 40 years old. So even though rationally he is able to process and come to the conclusion that at age 10, he's going to want that book, and when he's asked this question about another person, he's able to convey the right message, the more accurate uh, judgment. When asked about himself, about his lower soul, right? He, he, he, cannot, he cannot process it properly. The knowledge that he has does not, does not uh, turn into the, the accurate answer. He says, I'll want this toy which he will not want, right? So the lower soul is adult-brained. We don't want the lower soul 
on the driver's seat but it's also vocal it can also be insistent persistent stubborn hot-headed strong-headed so we need to um, we need to be able to develop our other faculties to inhibit it when needed air so th th this is one of those this is going to be one of those instruments in our hand eğer binler meyve veren incirinmen şeyi olan küçücük bir çekirdeği ve yüz salkım ona takılan üzümün siyah kurucuk çubuğu, bütün o meyveleri, o salkımları, kendi hünerleri olduğu ve onlardan istifade edenler o çubuğa, o çekirdeğe medih ve hürmet etmek lazım olduğu hak bir dava ise senin dahi sana yüklenen nimetler için fahre, gurura belki bir hakkın var. Now Üstad Nursi is going to show us the reality of things. And then we understand the reality of what our lower soul is entitled to, what its position is, what its true place is. We should have a, a relatively easier job in dealing with it. So this is an explanation of the reality of that lower soul, the reality of ourselves. If it is a truthful claim that for the tiny seed that is the origin of a fig tree bearing thousands of fruits and the black bone dry trunk of a grapevine on which a hundred branches are attached, all the fruits and bunches on them, if it is true that all the fruits and bunches on them are their own crafts and that those who benefit from them should praise and respect that trunk and that seed in that case you too have a right to boast and be vainglorious about the blessings that are loaded on you or be proud about the blessings that are loaded on you now does it make sense that we will we attribute a hundred grape bunches to the dry bone dry thin uh, you know maybe a few fingers thick trunk can that trunk have produced this grape or the huge fig tree to that tiny tiny seed does it make sense for us to say yes the seed made this tree right so the the question is not is this tree coming through that seed we are not saying that the seed has no involvement in the process. When we put in a time scale, we know that the tree originated from the seed. But does that mean, mean that the seed made the tree? The seed had the capacity to produce all these things, detached from everything else, detached from all other causes. Does that mean that this trunk hanging in space, imagine it hanging in space, detached from all other causes and as a result from the causer of all causes right does it have the ability to to create to bring into existence all these great bunches no it doesn't make sense this is hardwired into our intellect we look and we see and we say this does not make sense okay if that is the case how is my lower soul going to be the source agent of the uh, the the owner of all these things all these blessings that are loaded on me i'm able to speak i'm able to read i'm able to process the meanings of these words right now i i uh, i possess this computer i possess this microphone i've i know how to turn this computer on i know how to turn the sound recording software on i know how to connect it to the microphone i made tea i'm drinking tea i know how to make tea i see i hear i am able to sit i was able to sleep and rest all these things each and every blessing that is in our lives which we cannot finish by counting does it make sense that these are mine that i can own to them 
I can claim them to be my property. I mean, I know we did this before, but lifting my arm, let's do something else. Blinking my eye, blinking my eye. It's a blessing. My eye dries, I blink, it um, lubricates. If something is coming into my eye, it closes and therefore protects the eye. I can sometimes use it as a means of communication. I can close my eyelids and sleep comfortably at night. If the light that's coming is disturbing me, I can close and filter the light. All these things that my eyelid are my eyelids are doing. Do I do anything of that? M most of the time it is unconscious. It just happens and I'm not even aware of it. How can I own to something that I'm not even aware of? And sometimes I'm conscious. I you know, light comes and I want to I close I don't want to see something and I clo close my eyelids. And even then, can I own to this action? Did I make the eyelids? No. Do I understand the chemistry, biology, physics that's happening there? No. Did I produce the nutrition that went to my eyelids and turned into proteins and carbons and whatever that are now being burned for that action to happen? No. Do I control the nerves? Well, you may say, yes, you control. No, I don't control the nerves. The nerves are doing whatever they are doing. I just, all that I can possibly claim is that when I do it consciously, I inclined, I triggered something in my, in my soul, in my spirit. I triggered something and that somehow translated into, they say, some electrical currents in my brain. I have no idea how that works. And I have no awareness of it either. I only know about this because they produce some machines that that can now measure the electrical currents in my brain. Before that, I had no idea. I made an inclination that somehow translated into electrical currents in my brain that current traveled through uh, my spine through the nerves and reached my eyelids and the eyelid now closed and there are other nerves that help me to sense things in my eyelids but how is this all happening i have no involvement no none zero nil how am i going to claim it then how am i going to claim the digestion that's happening in my stomach in that case, how am I going to claim these sounds that my vocal cords are producing? I don't even know where exactly my vocal cords are. They are somewhere in, in my throat, but you know, I don't know what they look like. By habit, I know what to do in order to make them work. Or rather, I, I, I have a, an awareness of the sensations of my body that lead to making those vocal cords work. But beyond that, beyond that, who made this? This is a blessing. It is bestowed on me. And if I attempt to claim it, no. No, that would not be fair. That would be like the tiny dot-like fig seed claiming the mountain-like fig tree. That would be like the bone-dry grape, the trunk of the, the bone-dry trunk of the grapevine claiming the hundreds of bunches of grapes that are being hung on it every year. There is something else going on here. There is something else going on here. It's not me. So, oh my lower self, if you think that this is you, no, I know that it is not you. You are, you are deceiving yourself. You are deceiving yourself. Halbuki sen daim zemme müstahaksın. Zira o çekirdek ve o çubuk gibi değilsin. Senin bir cüz'i ihtiyarın bulunmakla o nimetlerin kıymetlerini fahrinle 
tenkis ediyorsun, gururunla tahrip ediyorsun ve küfranınla iptal ediyorsun ve temellükle gasp ediyorsun. So you don't deserve praise. You don't deserve respect. You don't deserve gratitude. You don't, you don't deserve thanks for any of these things that you do. You are not doing them. What do you deserve? But in reality, the reality is that you are deserving of censure at all times. Censure? So I understand I don't deserve praise. Okay, I was I was about to say okay to that. But or rather my lower soul was about to say yeah, okay, I don't want to give up any of these things, but I see that I won't be able to make a justifiable claim. So, okay, let's say, let's agree. Oh, all right. I don't deserve praise. I don't deserve thanks and respect or, or anything for these. But that I deserve censure at all times? How is that? Because you are not like that seed and that trunk either. So that was the, the point of comparison, right? That was the analogy. We said if that seed deserves the gratitude if that uh, or the praise, if that trunk deserves the gratitude, so may you. So you don't deserve it. But at the end of the day, you are not even like that seed or that trunk. As a result of the fact that you have partial volution, which the seed and the trunk do not you are decreasing the value of those blessings they receive what's sent onto them and they show it as sent but in your case you have a partial pollution you get involved you get in the way and by getting in the way you decrease the value of those blessings the outcomes of those blessings these eyes were given to me to look at the beautiful creation of my Lord and see in that his beauty and be filled with awe and love for him and worship him as he deserves to be worshipped. But what did I look at? I looked at all sorts of nonsense. I exposed my eyes to all sorts of sinful things. I exposed my ears to all sorts of vain, vain and also sinful things. My tongue is given to me in order to glorify my Lord in order to remember my Lord. I've used it to utter all sorts of nonsense. The fig seed does not do that. The trunk of the grapevine does not do that. I am the only, along with the jinn, I am the only thing in the, in the creation who does such a thing? I have partial volition. I don't just move automatically. I don't just transfer what is given to me into action, into behavior, into states. I get in the way. I make my own choices. Now that's a that's a beautiful thing. There's a great blessing in that, and that's a um, a great great thing in the in the um, overall creational enterprise. I, I don't know if that's the right way to put it. But but my share, my personal share from that great scheme of things is that I get in the way. And by getting in the way, as a result of the fact that I have partial volition, I am decreasing the value of those blessings. I have decreased the value of my tongue. 
I have decreased the value of my eyes. I have decreased the value of my ears. Oh God. God save me. Oh God, have mercy on me. What will they do in the hereafter when the court is set? When the scrolls are brought? When my eyes are given the pulpit? And when they speak against me? When they say, Oh God, you created us to read Quran. You created us to look upon the manifestations of your beauty in in your artifacts in the world and this mustafa he did he did heinous things with us he employed us in heinous ways we didn't want it but we didn't have the choice he had mustafa had the choice he sullied us he put us into mud. He made us dirty. He used us in ways that that that do not that do not lead to your contentment. Actually, that calls for your wrath. Oh God, take our eyes from him. My eyes may say that. They will probably say that. My ears may say that. They will probably say that. What do I do when they say that? What is my answer? God have mercy on me. Oh God, I'm broken. I'm sinful. I'm deficient. All I have brought into this world with my my volution with the volution that i have is defect and deficiency i repent i take refuge in you there is nothing else that i can say you are destroying them with your vain glory you are decreasing the value of those blessings you are destroying them with your vain glory by attempting to to, to claim them you are canceling them out with your denial what is the value of the of the, the, the, the these vocal cords? It is to worship my Lord, to remember him, to recite his names, to recite his words. But as I do that, even as I do that, even as I recite the Quran, if I appropriate what is going on, I am in a state of denial because this is my Lord's blessing on me. We just talked about that. I have no control. I have no right to property ownership. Proprietorship on my vocal cords. And therefore I have no ownership on the voice that is being produced when I recite Quran either. If I attribute it to myself, I'm in a great error i am denying reality i am denying that he my lord is the causer of all that is going on here and if i deny that there is no value left in anything that i do or see or say or hear none you are usurping them through your appropriation. They are not given to me to appropriate. They are given to me to employ in the service of my Lord. But if I appropriate, I'll be usurping them. I'll be taking them away from where they have value. I will be taking this beautifully ornamented beautifully engraved piece of art whatever that may be let's say a uh, now this is an example that you start notice to use let's say a beautiful lamp made of copper and maybe some silver here and there beautifully engraved 
I take that from a museum that where it is on display or from the antique store where it may be uh, sold from the auction where it may be sold for let's say millions of dollars because it was made with the best artist that's known out there in the world it is 3000 years old it's going to sell for millions of dollars if attributed to its artist to its proper context but by appropriating it for myself i'm taking it out of that context i'm taking it to the yard where, where they uh, buy and sell scrap metals and they pay me two cents if they do that's what i do that is what i do by usurping usurping these blessings through my appropriation by claiming that by thinking assuming and claiming that i need i deserve i merit praise for them they are mine by saying this i am decreasing their value and that is a big evil for which i deserve censor senin vazifen fahir değil şükürdür sana layık olan şöhret değil tevazudur hacalettir senin hakkın medih değil istiğfardır nedamettir senin kemalin hodbinlik değil hudabinliktedir hudabinliktedir what is the solution all over so there is a solution of course there is a solution our lord is merciful we just need to know or you just need to know and i need to concur with you that you are not created to own these things that you are not created to take the praise you need to know what you are created for you need to know your place if you know your place things will be fine your duty is not boasting but showing gratitude it's not yours you cannot boast it is someone else's you need to show gratitude for it because you are being uh, given the opportunity to use them you merit not fame but humility and being ashamed humility and bashfulness because once again you are you deserve none of this you can own to none of this but all of this is given to you to use all of this is appearing on you so you should have some humility you should have, you should see the reality of things you should notice that there is a there is a much greater infinitely greater force out there and you are before it all you have is out of his mercy for you have some humility have some bashfulness in response to your inability to respond with proper gratitude to what you have and and furthermore your insolence the insolence of this proclivity that you have in you to claim things for yourself have some bashfulness you deserve not praise but repentance and asking for forgiveness repentance you need to feel that you need to feel that remorse you need to feel that remorse because of what you have done until this point all that that sin that you have committed you need to you need to recognize what you've done and you also need to recognize that this proclivity this instinct this compulsion is still in you you have not purified your heart you have not taken over the command you have not taken over the reins and this car that is moving fast into the grave you do not have the steering wheel in your hands fully you know that 
the toddler the toddler keeps climbing on the seat every once in a while actually most of the time and that's wrong you need to feel the remorse of this you deserve not praise but repentance remorse and asking for forgiveness your perfection is not in self-centeredness but in god-centeredness so th th there is a glad tiding in this you have perfection you too can attain perfection how do you attain that perfection by giving up on yourself by moving from that self-centered dark place to the the the luminous luminous expanses of being god-centered putting him first and when you put him first also know on the side that you're actually putting yourself first too because that's where your benefit is if you put him first you are benefiting yourself you are not benefiting him who are you to benefit him he creates the outcomes of everything that you incline to he created you even your partial volition this ability to choose which is so mysterious but you know that it exists just by just by being you you know that it exists he gave that to you too so by being god-centered you are actually benefiting yourself but but your instinct is to be self-centered your instinct is to want whether he agrees to it or not whether he has pronounced it permissible for you or not you just want but when you want next time when you want also think yeah i want this now but um if i take it if i extend my hand to it i'll actually burn my hands now the there might be a time gap between the time you extend to it and you grab it and you feel the burn but that is a certain thing to happen don't be deceived by the time gap that's where you are that's one of the places where you are really really failing when things are certain to happen in the future you cannot adjust your acts accordingly you kind of become lose your awareness of that certainty you become heedless but watch watch out your perfection is not in self-centeredness it is in being god-centered evet sen benim cismimde alemdeki tabiata benzersin ikiniz hayrı kabul etmek şerre merci olmak için yaratılmışsınız yani fail ve mastar değilsiniz. Belki münfail ve mahalsiniz. Yalnız bir tesiriniz var. O da hayır mutlaktan gelen hayrı güzel bir surette kabul etmemenizden şerre sebep olmanızdır. So there is a beautiful jump Ustad Nursi is making here. There is a beautiful connection that he is making. And it is so beautiful that it puts everything into perspective and entire uh, reality of the created realm into perspective and very relevant to the times in which we live today the modern age yes again we are addressing the lower soul in my body you are like the nature in the realm what's nature what's nature i mean it's not something that really exist it's it's a con construct it has um at at the best it has a dependent existence meaning or emergent existence meaning that there are all these things that god has 
created and given uh, substantive existence the, the tree the earth the air the water the cloud the flower the stone the wall the the bookshelf the table my hands god has given substantive existence to all of these and he has made them to interact with one another in certain ways and he had ordained patterns laws into the way that these things interact with each other now us human beings having come into this world and observing all these patterns have called the sum total of those patterns nature but the patterns do not exist in and of themselves or by themselves they are just laws that our lord is executing all the time so those patterns do nothing it is like my lower soul when i blink my eye when i blink my eye my lower soul has no participation in this it is it is just the initiator by inclining toward something the law that is preordained is not the the um, executor of what's happening it's not the law that makes the apple drop it's not gravity right gravity is this preordained inclination that's put in place by god by god so yes in my body you are like the nature in the realm and we and and, and you my lower soul and this thing that we um constructed in our minds as the nature you both have a purpose you two are created to accept good and be the locus to which evil is attributed you are created to accept good to be the locus of appearance for what is good not the source of it not the source of it right but the locus of appearance if you can i mean in the case of the lower soul even that is not going to be possible we will see right just to accept it but the locus to which evil is attributed why i'm mean, a more delicate and long issue inshallah we will cover it later on but very briefly what else are we going to attribute evil to our lord he is perfect no evil issues from perfection perfection is perfect by definition there is no evil that's going to issue from perfection where else are we going to attribute the evil that we see but the problem is we see it that evil does not even exist evil per se does not exist in in in reality it is our perception of evil what we perceive to be evil in the larger picture in the bigger reality in the larger scheme of things is also serving a good purpose and what we perceive to be to be evil is just the absence of a good that we thought should be there we thought it wrong it should not be there it's not supposed to be there because the placement of that good not here but there or not there but here is a large there's a larger the bigger good in that but in our foolishness in our limitedness we thought that there was evil there and because we thought evil there now we are in a in a really precarious situation am i going to attribute this to my lord try try what happens if you attribute it to your lord where will you end up you will end up in the darkness of denial you won't be able to bear the weight of that and you will say well there is this evil and that evil and this evil and that evil i cannot believe in a god that creates this all he does not it's your misperception 
But to make it easier for you, God has, and with other wisdoms in it too, but one of the wisdoms in, in, in the creation of all these sum total of causes, the thing that they call nature, and this lower soul that is in you, to make it easier for you, God has created your lower soul and nature in the realm so that you can attribute all this perceived evil. You can attribute to them. That is that is um, their place. That is, you are not the active or source agent, or you and the nature. You are not the active or source agents. And these are technical words that um, you know we translate as active agent, source agent, but we should mention the Arabic uh, versions too. So fa'il and mustar are the Arabic words. Fa'il, the doer, the actual doer of something, the active agent, the agent of the act. And mustar is where something issues forth, comes from the source of a, of a thing. So when the apple falls, this notion that we call gravity is not the source of that fall. When I say something beautiful, wise, or whatever, I am not the active agent of that beauty. I'm not the active agent, the source of that goodness. Whatever good comes through me is from my Lord. Whatever effect comes through this thing that we call nature is from our Lord. That is, you are not the active or source agents. Rather, you are passive recipients and loci of acts. Munfail and Mahal are the word. You are the passive recipients and loci of acts. Locus, place. Right? Loci is a plural of locus. You have one impact only. If anything, if you if there's any impact that can be attributed to you in this entire creation, there is one. And that is causing evil as a result of not accepting the good that comes from absolute goodness in a beautiful way, not accepting it in a beautiful way. That's all you can do that is what you are created to do that is you are created for this one impact to be attributed to you that's your place know your place my evil commanding soul know your place hem siz birer perde yaratılmışsınız Ta güzelliği görülmeyen zahiri çirkinlikler size isnat edilip zatı mukaddese-i ilahiyenin tenzihine vesile olasınız. Halbuki bütün bütün vazife fıtratınıza zıt bir suret giymişsiniz. Kabiliyetsizliğinizden hayrı şerre kalbettiğiniz halde halikınızla güya iştirak edersiniz. Demek nefis perest, tabiat perest, gayet ahmak, gayet zalimdir. Also you are each created as a veil. And this is related to what we just said, being the uh, locus of attribution for uh, evil, right? So similarly, along the same lines, you are each created as a veil, so that the apparent instances of ugliness, the beauty of which are not visible, would be attributed to you, and thus, you be the means for the proclamation of the transcendence of the sacred divine entity. The same idea that we mentioned about evil. There is no evil, actual evil out there in reality. And there is no actual ugliness out there in reality. Everything is beautiful. Reality is beautiful. Forgive me, but if you see a um, rotting, putrefying piece of, let's say, cabbage 
thrown into garbage and smells horrid and you think that this is ugly well ask the same question to the bacteria that are reveling enjoying themselves in that paradise-like place called the rotten putrid cabbage there is no ugliness it is what you perceive to be ugly you are each created as a veil so that the apparent instances of ugliness the beauty of which are not visible visible to you would be attributed to you that is the lower soul and the nature and thus you will be the means for the proclamation of the transcendence of the sacred divine entity he is transcendent he is above and beyond all these things that you think to be presumed to be to be supposed rather supposed to be ugly and evil and etc he is above and beyond all of that he is the sacred divine entity he is perfect his beauty and his majesty are at the level of perfection together with this so this is the situation this is the case but together with this you have taken on a form that completely contradicts your innate nature you are assuming states that completely contradict your your your what you are created for even though you turn good into evil because of your incapability in receiving you act as though you are partners to your creator what insolence how dare you do that you act as though you are partners to your creator how can you how can you even as you deliver this deliver these reflections on this beautiful treatise how can you be filled with the sensation that says oh you are doing a good job you are not doing anything you have no right to be boastful you have no right to be taking credit for any of this you have no right to claim demand praise even though you turn good into evil this could have been much better this could have been delivered with such sincerity that the light that comes through Ustad Nursi from the through the Risale Inur, which in turn comes through the Prophet وسلم, through the Quran through our from our Lord you could have had such sincerity that that light would shine the entire world and change it but you don't you don't have that sincerity just do your job just do your job and have remorse in that case the one who is self-centered and who worships nature materialist naturalist scientist right who worships nature is an utter idiot and utter wrongdoer i'm sorry but that is what you are my my my, my lower soul when you are self-centered hem demek ki ben mazharım güzel mazhar ise güzelleşir zira temessül etmediğinden mazhar değil memer olursun also do not say i am the locus of appearance the locus of appearance of beauty becomes beautiful yes correct for the rosebud yes correct for the beautiful butterfly or the horse or the clouds or the tree or the stars on a clear night yes for all of these the locus of appearance of beauty becomes beautiful but not you don't say that because since the similitude of beauty does not appear you are not the locus of appearance but a passageway with the rosebud the similitude of beauty appears there to the to the extent within the capacity within the limits of the rosebud it is beauty that's appearing there but in your case in your case 
you do not even let that happen. Your partial evolution comes in the way and transform things. So what is appearing there is not an accurate similitude of what was there within the limits of the capacity of this locus, right? But it but something that's transformed. You transformed it. You you transfigured it. You transfigured it. So what's appearing on you is not the similitude. You are not the actual locus of it. You are not even a true locus of appearance. Maybe you are just a passageway. If what appears through you is actually beautiful, that's Alhamdulillah because you were not able to ruin it. It passed through you without you touching on it. Mamar, right? Passageway, not mazhar, not the locus of appearance. When you when the beautiful rosebud is the locus of appearance, it reflects the similitude of divine beauty in accordance with its capacity. When something beautiful appears on you, that is because you were not able to ruin it. However, when something ugly appears on you, then you are the locus of appearance. Because that is when you were actually, you, you actually come into the picture. When beauty appears through you, you don't even come into the picture. Thank God. Because you don't come into the picture, beauty appears through you. You're nothing. Hem demek ki, halk içinde ben intihab edildim. Bu meyveler benimle gösteriliyor. Demek bir meziyetim var. Hayır, hayır, haşa. Belki herkesten evvel sana verildi. Çünkü herkesten ziyade sen müflis ve muhtaç ve müteellim olduğundan en evvel senin eline verildi. And also, do not say, so Ustad Nursi is not going to leave you any opportunity to, to, to claim anything. I mean, to your lower soul. He's not going to leave any opportunity to claim anything to his lower soul. And because he did not leave any opportunity to claim to his lower soul, this is beautiful and we can benefit from it too. There is no, no room to claim anything for the lower soul. Do not, and also do not say, I was selected among other creatures. These fruits are being shown on me. That means I have a merit. No, never. Rather, it was given to you before everyone else. It was put in your hand first. Because you are more bankrupt, more needy, and more afflicted with pains than everyone else. You have the you have you have more emptiness to receive. You're more bankrupt, more needy, more afflicted than the rosebud. The, the rosebud has less vacuum, but whatever is put in there, it shows as is. You have a lot of vacuum, therefore you can receive more and more. More you, you I mean, th th that is what makes it special in the creation. You receive more and more, but the problem is that if you put your lower soul in the way, then out of all that, all those blessings that you receive, what you show is nothing but the ugliness of your lower soul. If you can take it out of the way if you can take this i-ness the self ego if you take it out of the way then you have endless capacity to do your job to reach your level of perfection example do you want an example? Do you want proof? 
look at the prophets sallallahu alaihi wasallam his character was the quran he was the locus of manifestation of all beautiful divine names at the most tremendous level of each of those beautiful divine names look at him you have a model and the way to journey toward that ideal toward that target you you will never reach the target of course but you can get closer and closer and closer and the closer you get the better it is for you the way to do that is to get your lower soul out of the way be god-centered not self-censored um this is the end but the start Nursi also writes a hashi, a side note, and it reads, Hakikaten ben de bu münazarada yeni sayıd nefsini bu derece ilzam ve iskat etmesini çok beğendim ve bin barakallah dedim. So I really like that new sayıd refutes and silences his lower soul to this extent in this debate and said, may God bless a thousand times. So what, what this is, is uh, Ustad Nursi thought of his life in two uh, later three but at this time two um, stages the first stage was old Sayyid that was before his uh, you know spiritual transformation if you will uh, in the late 19 teens early 1920s uh, he was more involved in society in politics a more active person uh, more um, more interested in in the causes or making his calculations according to causes and the new side period comes after this and during during which he writes the Risal Einur at which point he has a better grasp of reality and knows um, knows that the causes have no effect all effect all effect comes from the cause of causes etc etc so we, we are not going to go into too much detail about his personal biography but oftentimes when he um, writes with the language of the old side um, he says you know, old side has said this right and when he writes with the language of the new side he says new side said this and what's happening here is new side is refuting and silencing the lower soul the ego of the old side and and Said Nursi becomes Bed Uzzaman, Said Nursi becomes Ustad Nursi when he silences that ego and becomes new Said. So he says, I, I, I didn't like this. This is how the lower soul should be treated. Now you can say, Oh, he's boasting. No, he's not boasting. He's saying, Bin Barakal. He's saying, May God bless a thousand times. This is a blessing from our Lord. This lesson to our lower souls is a blessing from our Lord. And our job is to take it, to take it, kiss it, put on our forehead, and internalize it. That is how the lower soul, this is how the lower soul needs to be treated. This is what its place is. May I have learned the lesson. And may you also, uh, inshallah, benefit from it. Subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma allamtana innaka antal alimul hakim wa akhir dawahum anil hamdulillahi rabbil alamin al fatiha